Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want table get- And entertainment. You like it? There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude. Holy moly. It is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Got a full show for you today. Up first, our interview with Julie Ratz, talking about auditions for the Springfield Ballet Company, which are happening this weekend. After that, my new segment that we do on Wednesdays with Mike Winmacher. We have Way Out Wednesdays. Of course, playing on a Saturday today. Then in the second half of the program, we will have Bottom of the Bargain Bin with the animated remake of The King and I. Then closing out with Mark Gifford talking about comfort songs. But first, here is Julie Ratz. Um, How have you guys been holding up uh, during all all this? Well... As far, you mean, for as far as the ballet company goes, we've been doing pretty well because we were so lucky to have our uh, spring performance the last weekend of February. And um, the, our last performance was March 1st. And we also had our big fundraiser right before all of the COVID stuff happened. Um, a lot of ballet companies had to cancel all of their spring performances, but we were really lucky that we got ours done right before all this happened yeah um right now we're just gearing back up again uh hopefully as the state of illinois goes into phase four we'll be able to gather some dancers together and begin rehearsals for next season yeah um and also um before we get into uh what's happening this weekend um also how how have you been doing in your you know family how's everybody been uh holding up the past couple of months <laughs> Well, there are five of us yep. at home all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, Danny, who mm-hmm. you know you know very oh, well, absolutely. has been working at the um, Lincoln Home. And he got a job yeah. in February at the at Lincoln's Home mm-hmm. as a volunteer coordinator and a guide. And then a few weeks later, promptly was sent home to work from home uh, yeah. because of COVID. So he's been home and helping us with our little girls yep. who are um, six and eight. Oh, my God, and, already. Uh, yeah, and Josh works for the Attorney General's office, so he's been lawyering in the basement mm-hmm. um, and building a new patio in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been hanging in there. You know, it's a lot of people in a, one space for quite a long time. We're ready to get back out into the world, I think. Yes, we are. We are, too. We're ready to uh, get back out there. Before we jump into the uh, what's coming up with the ballet company, um, if I can, just, uh, just a little history of you... Uh, being in Springfield or your love for theater in general and dancing and how you came to do everything you came to do everything in Springfield and wherever else well I grew up in Springfield and um, I started dancing with Grace Nadavati when I was four years old so almost 50 years ago now and I grew up dancing with the Springfield Ballet Company and loved Mm -hmm. it so much that I went on to get a degree in dance Dance a little bit in Chicago and uh, came back to work for the ballet company in 1991. And, uh, you know, it was my dream job to be the ballet mistress oh, yeah. for the Springfield Ballet Company. Absolutely loved it. And then uh, in 1997, I became the artistic director and I've been that ever since and probably will be until I die. Because <laughs> right. I don't think of it as a job. I really, I just feel like it's. Um, it's part of me. It's who I am, and uh, 
luckily they pay me to do it, suckers. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I would do it for free. Um, it's really wonderful, you know, I get to work with these fantastic young men and women who are so talented and dedicated to their art form. And you know how the theater community in Springfield oh, yeah. is so great. And uh, it's very welcoming and enveloping and very rewarding. And I love having one project after the other to do. So I feel very, very lucky to be here where I am doing what I love, people I love. That's basically the story of me. <laughs> All right, awesome, and yeah, doing the uh, and doing all sorts of dancing leads definitely to doing uh, being able to dance and choreograph in uh, in musicals around the around the area. Um, wh- uh, right. About the time you started doing uh, doing the ballet company, did you start doing uh, musicals, shows, that sort of thing, or did that uh, did you start doing you those? Know- because musicals were never part of me growing up like I didn't go to the Muni I didn't really watch musicals or listen to musicals or anything until 2001 Mm -hmm. when I got asked to choreograph how to succeed in business without really trying love that musical yeah I know it was great I didn't really know what I was getting into and it was so hard because when you're choreographing dance you just Choreograph dance and what looks good. Well, when you're choreographing a musical, it's a completely new level oh, of yeah. difficulty because you have to think about who's singing and where they are on stage and where they're facing and, um, you know, making sure that the people who are singing are in front and that, the, you know, you can do this physical activity while you're singing a song. And so all of that stuff I had no experience with whatsoever. So I got a really rude awakening choreographing my first <laughs> musical, but... What was also really cool about it was it's all guys. You know, I mean, there are women in the show, too, but the majority of the choreography that I did was adult men. Well, Mm -hmm. all I'd ever worked with were teenage girls. Yeah. So I was working with a completely new demographic in a completely new area, and I just felt invigorated. I was like, oh, this is great. I would choreograph only musicals for the rest of my life if I could (laughs) because it was very challenging and very rewarding. And, um... You know, the people that do community theater are so dedicated oh, yeah. to, you know, to their, you know, how that goes. And so it was great. It was a very rewarding experience. So then I'm like, all right, I'm hooked. So then I just did musical after musical after musical for yeah. um, many years. Yeah. Yeah. We've, so, yeah, I really liked it. You've choreographed uh, some I've been in and we've been in shows together. That's it's right. Been, yeah. yeah. We danced together, didn't we, Kevin? Yeah. It was in my first, my first Muni show. Crazy for you. The... Yeah. That was fun. A lot it was of fun. So hot. I remember Ta- how hot it was. So hot. Tap dancing on pizza pans. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> we had to put ice on our necks when we got off stage. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yep. Yeah. So for all <laughs> for all the for all the theater people out there, a phrase that we've been longing to hear. There are auditions coming up for Yay! Springfield Pelly Company. Tell us about what's uh, what's happening this weekend. Okay, well, on Saturday and Sunday. June 27th and 28th, we're going to have auditions for our next season. Um, Saturday and Sunday, they're both of the auditions are at noon, and they're both by registration only. So you have to register at the Ballet Company's website through Sign Up Genius. And Saturdays is already full, so there are spaces available for Sunday. Okay. There are like 18 spaces left for Sunday. All right. And so these auditions are not just for company membership, but they're also for our training program. Company members commit to rehearse like 20 hours a week and um, 
Everything for them is free and paid for. Trainees are typically under 13 years old and they come once a week to supplement the training that they have at their local dance studio. So if you're like a 10 to 13 year old and you want to have an extra class with some teachers that may not be your normal teachers, then the training program is for those types of dancers. And so we typically have um, every Sunday within the week is taught by somebody else and it's a different style. So it's be ballet and jazz and modern and tap and folk and Indian dance and maybe a chiropractor will come and a nutritionist will come and perhaps someone from uh, theater companies in town will come and talk about improvisation. So it's a very broad education of a dancer that would just supplement what people are doing at their local studio. So those auditions are um, concurrent with the ballet company auditions. All right. And you said those are uh, those are this Saturday and Sunday. I mean, the Saturday one's already full, but this Sunday, if you want to sign up, they are 12 to 1.30, and they the website is um, that they would sign up at would be Springfield Ballet Company. The spring, spring... Yeah, it's, it's Springfield Ballet Co., like Springfield Ballet Co., like mm-hmm. company. Yeah. SpringfieldBalletCo.org. Okay. And that's where you can sign up. Um, it's twenty dollars because it's a full ballet class. Right. There's a lot. Lot. Um, Sounds like a good deal yeah. for that price too. Yeah. That's you got a lot in there, so that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're not letting anybody else in, so no parents can come in the building. We just have a dancer will come to the door and they'll get their temperature checked and get some hand sanitizer and everything yeah. will be cleaned. And they're going to be socially distant within the studio. Our dance studio is very big. So we'll have plenty of room to spread people out. Um, they'll have to wear masks when they're in the building. Oh, yeah. We're all going to be very healthy and safe, but still try to get some people on their toes. Yes. Quite literally, in fact, on their toes. Yes. 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 <laughs> so, um, and we'll have a link to the website and to the sign-up so that people can, and also links to Facebook page, the websites, so people will be able to, People will be able to get any information that they need. Where else would they be able to find information about the ballet company? Well, that's pretty much it. We have a phone number, but we're not in the office very much. Right. Um, the phone number is 217-544-1967. But um, you may get an answering machine, and we'll try to return that call as soon as possible. But most of the information you would need is on the Springfield Ballet Company website. Um you can probably link there also from the Hoagland website. If you want to go to Hoagland first, they have a list of all the residence groups because our offices and our studios are in the Hoagland Center for the Arts. Hello, everyone. This is the first segment of Way Out Wednesday. Way Out Wednesday. <laughs> Already forgetting the name. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, Way Out Wednesday. Covering the things that probably didn't get covered during yeah. the week. Yes. Yeah, so, so a funny little segment, hopefully, to uh, get you over the hump. Uh, on Wednesdays, so uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, Mike, you remember the uh, uh, a couple of years ago they uh, tried to restore a painting of uh, Jesus. Yeah, uh huh. And it <laughs> it looked like a three year old did it. Mm hmm. <laughs> hey, don't don't insult three year olds like that. No, That's no. True. Looked, Some of them are better artists. Yeah, no, they 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 did a they did a number on it. So 
They've done it again. Oh, they had to complete the family portrait. They did. Well, <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah. Like, we already did Jesus. Jesus. Now, now who's next? Now, now we have the Virgin Mary. Okay. Poor, poor Mary. You know what? They. Oh, I, listen. You printed this out, and it. <laughs> it's. We'll, we'll put. It, we'll flash it up on screen. I mean, it is. Oof. It is absolutely just. <laughs> I mean, who's okaying these? By the way, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know, but uh, a a priceless. I, I should. I shouldn't say priceless, but a piece of art that. You want restored? How much would you be willing to pay for it? Because the price tag on this was thirteen hundred fifty-six dollars, which you know for something like art restoration, maybe. Yeah, that's still that's you're paying too much. It's a little that, that, for this quality. For, for that quality, like if I had paid like five dollars for the velvet painting of Elvis and someone retouched it this bad, I still would want my money back. Yeah. in that uh, situation. Uh, Wait for the wait for the picture of Joseph. I mean, we gotta right, get the you gotta get the whole family now. I get the whole family. The Holy Spirit's going. I'm glad I can't be seen by people. The the unholy Trinity. <laughs> exactly. is, I mean, the, oh my God. Yeah, this <laughs> I can't get over the because like I I had just like forgotten. Not forgotten, but I'd just been thinking of that uh, that picture of Jesus. And I yeah, said, I I kind of where he got it was almost like a bad cat face or some alien face. Yeah, it was. News. It almost yeah, it almost looked like a maybe like a monkey. It was like a really weird looking. Yeah, it was. It was not good. It was yeah. Weird. So so we got. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, now now we got this almost Picasso looking uh, Mary. Very abstract. <laughs> Mary abstract. Yes. Uh, I'll take this next story because. Okay. It caught my eye, being a big sports fan like I am. Yes. It bugs me to no end how Ohio State University calls themselves the Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. And this makes me so – I this is why I hope this happens. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we've seen throughout the years that Columbus wasn't the amazing guy we thought he was, right? He he was uh, – well, he, he, yeah, he was that's – a, that's a good way – a nice way of putting it. He, he was kind of uh, – He found someone's backyard and then put them to work. Yeah, and he's like, this is mine now. And- right, yeah. So not a great guy. And so some of his statues are being pulled down. And now there was a petition that started online at change.org, which there's a, lo- a lot of wonderful petitions there. Yeah. They want to change the name of Columbus, Ohio, and their favorite son, none other, none other, I should say, than diner, drivers, and dives, Guy Fieri. So what they want to change the name of Columbus to is now Flavortown, Ohio, hmm. which, oh, it's beautiful. Because yes. now just think about this for a moment. Big Ten football game, the horseshoe, right? Right. And you're, you you think of Brent Musburger if you're my age or maybe now Kurt Herbstreit or whatever. You're looking live at the horseshoe in Flavortown, Ohio. Oh, yes. Where, where the Ohio State Buckeyes. And by the way, even better is the fact that they have the Columbus Blue Jackets in the NHL mm-hmm. would now be the Flavortown Blue Jackets. Yes. Oh, that would be wonderful. So now whenever you would go into the arena, you'd score in Flavortown. Yeah. How awesome would that be? I had a hat trick in Flavortown. I'll tell you, last night that was it was outstanding. The hat trick I had in Flavortown yeah. was delicious. That would that would be wonderful. I mean, so yeah, please but, let this happen. Let this go. Sign it. We don't. I mean, usually wouldn't you know endorse you know certain things, but no, you should sign this because yeah, sign this. because you know you look at the two people that they're they're glorifying: Columbus genocidal maniac. Who did not know his way around the world? Okay, there weren't maps, like accurate maps, but you know, yeah, he, he, he didn't know where he was. Uh, Guy Fieri, upstanding member of society, great charismatic personality, flavor cidal maniac. See <laughs> that? Mayor of Flavortown. That's he, why. Flavortown, and he knows his way around the country. He, he can knows. actually navigate. Back roads and everything. I mean, like people. 
people. Come it on. is a Let's no this happen. No brainer. Flavor Town, Ohio has to happen. It does. It does. You got the All next right. one here. I'll, I'll take. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll take the next one. We got a. Uh, a lot of places have been closed down, of course, for quite a while, yeah, and uh, it is it is unfortunate. But there was a little bit of uh, an interesting uh, gathering, a herd, you might say, oh. of um, of of a gathering of of cows at a at a beer garden oh, in England. Okay. Yes, they, uh, you know, they they if the residents were there, I assume they would have told them to. Move. move over, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I stole your thunder there. No, that's fine. I, no, it's that's you. The... You moved me out of the way. It's fine. <laughs> the one thing I will say about that too is to to piggyback on your terrible dad joke <laughs> is the fact is that's the one beer garden you don't want to order the chips. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't want a side of chips at the yeah. cow beer garden. Yeah, not at all. By the way, I've I've thrown cow chips before. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was it was a thing that uh, it still would have happened at the Chatham Sweet Corn yeah. Festival. Shout out to the Chatham Sweet Corn Festival. They had a celebrity version, which I don't know why I was interested in that, because obviously they were really scraping the bottom barrel, cow chip level of celebrity, and I, I finished third. Hey, so I can throw right. a cow chip pretty Overhand's the best way to throw mm-hmm. it. Some people throw it like a Frisbee. Overhand. No, chuck it. Chuck it, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah and then the, do they have any uh, homemade white Russians, maybe? With the, <laughs> <laughs> the, right? Straight from the udder? Straight from the udder. What's on tap? I don't know. Let me see what cow's Let's, giving milk today. All right. Listen. We got gonna... Bessie on tap? We got... yeah. <laughs> I think that would be funny. That would. It, I mean, it, it'd be a selling point. I, They'd I be able to. Very, very, yeah. The freshest cream from the cow beer garden in England. I <laughs> yes. like it. And uh, final story we have here on uh, Way Out Wednesday. This one near and dear to me because uh, the former life on MAY with Mike and Molson, we actually were able to interview uh, Joey Chestnut. Mm-hmm. The world record hot dog eater and Mickey Sudo, who's the female uh, yeah. champion getting, leading into things. So everyone was wondering what's going to happen to the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, a 4th of July staple. It's the most I, disgusting thing you it's can watch disgusting, on television. But, but I love watching it. Oh, I set it's up my great. whole day around it. The, the, the guy who's the, um, the, the, like, the carnival barker guy who does oh, all the God, yeah. He with is the hat. best. Oh, yeah. my God, with a straw hat. Eater yes. X is amazing. Eater X, Yeah, yes. exactly. Badlands Booker. Uh, so I, everyone wondering, are we going to be able to see these gentlemen this year? We are. It will not be 15. Normally you have 15 competitors. It's going to be just five now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to be isolated. They're not going to be, they're going to be social distanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there won't be the crowd there, but there'll be five females, five males, and we will get the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship on 4th of July. It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin with Kevin Hart. So, the next movie in my Bottom of the Bargain Bin series is The King and I. I love that movie. I think it's Rodgers and Hammerstein's best musical. Incredible set design, acting, dancing. Oh, and that score. I'm unsure why this would be at the bottom of the bargain bin. It's a classic. The only other version I can think of is this recent PBS version, but they literally just filmed the stage musical, so how would that be bad? I mean, it's not like there's a remake or anything. There is a remake? Well, that was common in the 90s to remake older musical movies, so eh, yeah. Warner Brothers. I didn't know they remade this. Well, that's interesting. What? Oh, no. 
Yes. <coughs> yes, indeed, my friends. Today's review is the blight on musical theater known as the animated version of The King and I. Well, this is slated to come out on Blu-ray soon. It might cost some money, so minus shipping and handling, I paid 50 cents for this. And honestly, I think I want my money back. So, in the mid-90s, when Disney's animated movies were kicking ass, Warner Brothers wanted in on some of that action. They made some okay movies. I mean, Space Jam is probably their most memorable still, but that's half animation, half live-action movie. So Rankin and Bass convinced the Rodgers and Hammerstein organization to let them make an animated version of The King and I with <clears throat> slight changes to the plot. How does this movie fare? Let's take a look. The opening is promising enough. I mean, it actually reminds me of the 1956 movie. But it quickly loses its charm when we see Louis. Louis. Oh, I'm sorry. Louis saving Abu, I mean his pet monkey, from drowning. Okay, then we see the Crowahome is the Prime Minister of Siam and the King's right-hand man who can use magic to summon a dragon? Hmm. Where have I seen that before? Yes, in addition to being another version of The King and I, this movie also rips off Aladdin Hardcore. Quite unbelievably, honestly. It rips off some of Mulan, too, but this straight-up steals from Aladdin in some places. If you didn't know, Kralahome in the musical is not supposed to be evil and trying to usurp the king, nor is he supposed to have this dumbass sidekick doing his racist Jerry Lewis shtick. When you're the king and I'm the Kralaholo, First, I'm going to change the name. I'm going to have a servant to hit the gong for me. Someone really tall and really stupid. Ow! So back on the boat, this dragon makes Anna and Louis... Louis... Oh, my God. Afraid, so Anna decides to... Listen, I'm happy to... So no one will suspect I'm afraid. Now in the musical... Simply, Louie is afraid of moving to Siam, and he's uneasy, and Anna comforts him. For when I fool the people I fear, I fool myself as well. I whistle a happy tune, and every single time... But here? Well, I guess this is just one of those... ...white <coughs> changes. After that debacle, the plot is actually pretty similar to the original, just with some unfunny hijinks thrown in to give the kids something to look at. But then we meet the king, and that's when it really hits the fan. They blatantly throw in this Aladdin joke, the, you know, the whole one jump ahead bit near the beginning of that movie. Yeah, they put that in there, just for a little bit of fun, because someone has fruit on their head. Great! Also, we're introduced to Tuptim, one of the king's many wives in the original. But, since this is a kid's movie, she's just... A slave, I guess. Alright. In the original, and in real life, since King Monkut was, of course, a real person, the king was seen as a scientific man, even though he has some bumbling culture clashes with Anna. He is very smart and revered by his people. They took scientific a little too literally because he is a full-on lab with beakers and test tubes. Uh, like, come on. 
With Tuptim no longer being the king's wife, we're introduced to the crown prince Chulalongkorn, who is combined with Longta, Tuptim's original love interest. Chulalongkorn is usually played by a kid the same age as Louis. Louis. Oh my goodness. But the aforementioned PBS production actually has him as a young adult, so that's not that big of a deal. And trust me, least of this movie's problems. So, Jafar, uh, my bad, so. Crowahome wants Louis. Louis. Oh my god. Louis, he wants Louis to get hurt, so hopefully Anna blames the king and tells the British he's a savage and they force him out. This change of motivation means key scenes from the original have to be rewritten or reworked entirely, making for some truly horrible parts. Uh, take the king's solo song, A Puzzlement, for example. The king's basically having this inner monologue and to the audience how the world is changing around him. He's unsure of how to parent his son, the possibility of outdated tradition, and he faces the very real possibility of being taken over and losing his power. It's an amazing song, and Yul Brenner does an amazing job and really could do it flawlessly in his sleep at this point. But in this movie, he's praying to Buddha, which he does do that in the song, so sure, but kids need something fun to look at, so the Crowler home with his magic powers makes these statues move and try to sneak up on him and kill him. And the King's Pet Panther, yes, he has a pet panther again, movies for kids, kind of a cute little whatever, he's trying to get him to notice. A perfectly good moment, that doesn't mean much, and is ruined by putting too much on the screen. So, as you can tell, aside from literally shoehorning in some of the songs and copying some of the shots in the movie exactly, this has very little to do with the original source material. They really just wanted to make their own Aladdin and failed miserably. Like Princess Jasmine as a tiger, here, Tuptim has an elephant. Jafar has an annoying sidekick. Crowhome gets Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Aladdin is shirtless, has black hair, and he, he grabs his neck when he's shy. You know what? That's crazy. Our guy does that exact same thing, too. Dragon? Yep, you bet. The two lovebirds flying through the air while they sing their duet. Hey, why not? The love song sung by a pop artist over the credits. We got that, too. I actually like it in this version. These songs... Oh man, oh my god. Okay, Whistle a Happy Tune and Puzzlement are probably the worst offenders, but Shall We Dance is pretty bad, too. They do it twice in this version. It's only supposed to be at the end. The latter version in this one is about the same as they do in the original movie. The first one they do, Anna is singing and dancing with her dead husband. What? Who thought this was a good idea? Then they do Getting to Know You by Walking Through Siam. Okay, that's not terrible, but it takes the focus away and you think the kids don't have any attention span and alright, you gotta have something on the screen, whatever. The only song that's done well, aside from Barbara Streisand at the end, of course, is Shall I Tell You What I Think of You, which is done how it's done on stage, with nothing. It's just her mad at the king throwing her clothes around. Same thing she does. And funny enough, this song is the only one they do well. It's actually cut out of the movie. The original movie did not have this song. They filmed it and just left it on the cutting room floor. The following song, Something Wonderful, is cut because Lady Tiang... One of the main characters is not in this movie at all. They just cut her out, too. So, missing from this movie is also the through line of Tuptim's character and her disdain for the king. In the original, she's given a copy of Uncle Tom's Cabin, and Tuptim's plight ends up being very similar to Eliza's, so much so that she writes a traditional Siamese ballet 
of the book called Small House of Uncle Thomas and performs it for the visiting English. Now, Lady Tiang knows Tupton is seeing Lung Ta, and she's displeased but helps out with the show anyways. The king thinks it's to show the British how cultured they are, but Tupton is really crying out to the king in this ballet about how much she hates him. She even addresses him directly. Unfortunately, she and Lung Ta are captured after they run off. As Lung Ta is trying to run away, he dies, and it's implied that upon hearing that he's dead, Tupton kills herself. Now, that depth and character development are surely in this version, right? <laughs> No, of course not. No, no, no ballet. No Lady Tiang, no nothing. The king chases the two in a hot air balloon, and Louis almost gets killed by a giant spider. Yep. Ah, oh, boy. The Kralahome gets caught and has to shovel elephant poop with Master Little, that's actually his name, for the rest of his life. Mm. So, how does this movie end? Well... You know, it's pretty bold for them to leave in the original ending where the king dies. I mean, Anna realizes how much she meant to the king, and she's by his side while he dies. Psych! That doesn't happen. <laughs> Just kidding, no. In this version, the king lives. They dance. The end. That's it. It's the whole movie. What a terrible mess of a movie. Oh, my God. <sighs> Gone are the interesting characters. Gone are the believable relationships. Gone is the awesome choreography and the meaningful reasoning for songs to be where they are. Gone is the original vision by Rodgers and Hammerstein. And gone is any historical significance. I, I know the musical isn't exactly historically accurate, but Anna and the King were real people, and at least the musical's grounded in reality with period-appropriate sets and situations. I could never recommend this garbage to anybody. Never watch this movie. Get the original or the filmed PBS version instead. Interview with Mark Gifford and some a little bit of comfort songs to play you out. You reached out to me recently and were it, you told me about um, these these comfort songs. I, I don't know a whole lot about these, but you told me that they have they have tens of thousands of views and people have been listening all over the world. What is this? What are these comfort songs? When we were when we were told that church wasn't going to happen anymore and that we were to stay home I basically came down with nothing to do <laughs> like a lot of artists right so I chose to go into the cathedral at night by myself and I recorded some hymns on the cathedral pipe organ mm -hmm. and then one a day starting back in March I think the 28th I started posting on Facebook Comfort music from the cathedral. One song a day on the cathedral pipe organ. Uh, one day I used one of the pianos at the church, but for the most of them, they were all just a song a day. Mm -hmm. Whatever came to mind that I wanted to play. Now that we're back to church, I've stopped that. But on Facebook, there are 78 days of comfort music. And I duplicated those on YouTube and we've had over 57,000 times that that music has been listened to. Oh, yeah. And I've heard from across America, Canada, Ecuador, England, Norway, Austria, Australia, and China. Oh, all over the world there. Yeah. That's cool. Again, 
I was just doing something because I had to do something. Oh, yeah. With the idea being that, well, the people that come to know the Cathedral Pipe Organ, if they can't come to church, this is one way that once a day they can listen to it. Absolutely, yeah. And it's blown up into this worldwide experience. That's awesome. Beyond my wildest imagination. Yeah, that is that is super cool. We are definitely going to uh, we'll have a, we'll have links to that as well. We'll we'll make sure people can see those um, definitely sure. as well. Um, w- one of the things I um, well well before I jump into um, some of your work with dual piano and so I want to get a basically just a little, little bit of history here. Um, how you got your love for music and how you started doing theater, doing music, uh, doing you know doing church as well, doing church music. How how how'd you how did everything come together here in Springfield or wherever you used to live? Or uh, I'm a transplant. I moved here in 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my family bounced between Granite City and Belleville. Um, and in sixth grade, which was a long time ago, the, the, the oddest thing happened. The local music store in Belleville, which back then was Ludwig Music, they've been out of business for years, mm-hmm. offered to put a little home organ in one sixth grade classroom Mm. with the idea that the teacher could use that for music or it could be used if you get your workbook done you can play with the organ with the headphones on you know kind of a a teaser to see what happened and and I know this is true because the principal said this to me when they talked about what classroom they were going to put that in at Jefferson grade school in Belleville they agreed that it would be my classroom. <laughs> All right. Because there was this boy who back then was just considered a boy uh, who got bored easily. Yeah. And that was my classroom. Mrs. Hunt's sixth grade classroom at Jefferson Grade School in Belleville, Illinois. And that organ went in. And at that moment, I was mesmerized. I had grown up listening to organ at church. I was living in Belleville and Granite City. We would go to the Fox Theater, and when I heard Stan Can play the big organ there, that was it. I was hooked. Nice. And when my, when my father died last year, and we finally were cleaning out the house of furniture and stuff, in my mother's cedar chest were two copies of the program of the very first time that I played in public. In 1965. Oh, that is awesome. That is super cool. Yeah, two copies of it. So I have front and back, the newspaper article, the whole bit. Nice. That is that is super cool. I love yeah. you know, running across things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That I had no idea she had them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that is yeah. That is so. And so yeah. So since you um. So, so that yeah, so that first uh, that first performance in public. Do you have um, do, do you do you remember what I mean? You have the program. You know what it was. Do you you, you remember that? I mean, obviously, you remember that performance, right? That was back uh, in Belleville. Mm-hmm. They would take all of the sixth graders that were going to the junior high, and teach them all the same set of songs. Mm-hmm. And then we would all meet at the junior high that we were going to go to and have a concert together of all the sixth graders. And I played organ as part of that concert. Nice. 
now. Caveat forward, about 10 years ago, I was doing a concert in Belleville at the Lincoln Theater, and the principal that signed the piece of paper that let that organ come into the school was walking up to buy a ticket. And I jumped out of the theater because I was in the lobby, and I went, he doesn't pay for a ticket. He gets to come in free. Oh, nice. Because if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be a concert today. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Bob Job, God rest his soul. Yeah. So that was the start. And then after that, you get into high school. And I got into community theater in high school. Um, I actually didn't start playing the piano. I actually started acting on stage. Nice. Uh, with community theater. So I acted in two shows. And then the next show came, came along. And they needed a piano player. And I accepted that one. And I've been playing piano in theater since I was 15. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you've been doing piano I mean that's a yeah long, long time. a long time yeah but no but that's a lot a lot of people know you for and you have um you have this great show that you you and Damien Kaplan put on several times a year called Dual Piano tell me a little bit about that I grew up in the days when Ferranti and Teicher were the big piano duets and a lot of people don't remember those names but they were two guys, two grand pianos. Sometimes they had a full orchestra, sometimes they didn't. And I remember um, hearing their record albums. And I jokingly say that I'm the only kid in the neighborhood whose mom asked me to turn up my music in my room uh, because I came home with Ferrati and Teicher records. Nice. And I heard these duets and I'm going, one of these days I'm going to do that. When I met Damien, he was 10 years old singing in the children's choir at Christ the King Church. And I watched this kid all through grade school, all through high school, through his college, graduation. And one day I said to him, I want you to meet me. I want to, I want to try something. And I talked to him about the two piano thing, and he wasn't that wild about it. But we went into a piano store, and we had two grand pianos. And I gave him the music to Tonight from West Side Story. And I said, here, play the accompaniment. And he played the accompaniment. I played the melody part. And I said, now, double it. <laughs> Knowing that he could add to it and ad lib. And I, oh, yeah. and that was the beginning of dual piano right then and there. And we had, we had decided to do it. And we were going to perform for first night that first time, what, eight years ago now? Nine years ago? Something like mm. that. And uh, it's just exploded from then. Mm. 